Hello and welcome to The Film Angle. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. And today we are catching up once more. Last week we kind of teased our predictions kind of for who was going to win the Oscar because we recorded uh, and before the Oscar results. Yeah. And then the Oscar results came out and we were kind of like jokingly saying congratulations to The Power of the Dog, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out The Power of the Dog didn't really do all that well. I mean, best director for Jane Campion, well deserved, but out of its eleven nomination, I I think it only it only came home with the one. And still no wins for Clifford the Big Red Dog as well. I see. Yeah, it's weird. I I think that was like blacklisted. Like it was off everybody's nominations. I I, I didn't I didn't see it referenced once. It was yeah, it was too edgy for the Academy. I I get it. But yeah, I was surprised by by um the part of the dog as well. I mean, I thought that was it, it got the most nominations and it had a lot of hype over the last few months. So I'm really surprised that uh, it only got one or two wins there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, though it was the whole kind of ceremony overshadowed. Like we probably, well, do we need to touch on it? We we can't we'll touch on it because it was a big thing in the film industry. But yeah, the 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 Will Smith slap um, got up on stage and slapped Chris Rock. What a what a weird turn of events. Did not think I'd be waking up to that. Yeah, I I find the whole ordeal to be both surreal and the fact that I couldn't believe that what I was watching, uh, equally disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Um, from 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 both sides really. Not a funny joke, and uh, not not the way to react in that situation. Really, kind of tarnished Will Smith's Oscar win that night. Um, yeah, yeah. In it overshadowed the best winner, which was which was Coda. Yeah, yeah. Which was really like, where did that come from? I mean, the last couple of months that movie really built up momentum out of nowhere. I caught it like halfway through last year. I loved it then, but I never thought that we'd be talking about that movie in this way. And it's it's kind of sweet, you know. It's kind of um, it's kind of nice to see a movie that kind of appeals to a lot of people, it will be very accessible, and might turn people towards watching the oscars a little bit when they feel like okay this is a movie i can see like, i i get and that one best picture i i, I thought it was really sweet yeah it is a really sweet film and it's it's interesting it's it's kind of a it's not the kind of film that wins best picture definitely not the flashiest no. of films this year um and you know i, I don't want to take away from its win it's it's maybe not the most deserving of 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 the nominees but do you know i'm not i'm not disappointed at its win i, I really enjoyed coda we we spoke about it on a previous mm-hmm. episode i cried a few times at it like you know it yeah, emotionally absolutely. moved me in a in a good way and and that's what film should do so yeah it wasn't flashy and yeah it's you know it's 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 a bit cliche but it was a nice it, film and they they do the oscar votes now so it's a it's a case of it's not just pick one it's like pick preferences isn't it it's mm, like oh mm-hmm. this is my number one choice this is my number two choice and because coda's a pretty all-round decent film that most people are going to enjoy i can understand why maybe it probably got a few of those kind of like middling points and just just built up because you know people can take uh you know there's other films on that list where some people might love it and some people might hate it like there's a different proportion yeah. of people who who think different ways but i think code is just very much like yeah it was good also, also i think it's really easy to sneer at like conventional 
filmmaking and say you know oh, it's cliche and everything but it's really hard like it, it manages to do the conventional stuff really really well it optimizes it and does it in a way that's almost too sentimental but doesn't quite get there and i think that's quite an achievement in itself it's like ladybird when we had ladybird the every year which is quite a slight film and quite you know, it, it doesn't do anything overly fancy, but I think it's great that we recognize movies that aren't just all flash and panache sometimes. And it's actually quite hard to make a movie that's just kind of like a family drama sometimes. And and uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it again. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it's just one of those films you could re- you could recommend to your, your grand. She's yeah. going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to be watching it with my parents when I go back to Ireland in a couple of weeks. And I, I bet they're going to lap it up. Uh, Will Smith obviously won Best Actor. Jessica Chastain took Best Actress, which I think that was a bit of a surprise for me. I, I definitely thought it was, uh, you know, going towards maybe. Well, I guess the big three that I would have chosen from would would have been Olivia Coleman, uh, Kristen Stewart, and um, Penelope Cruz. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was a hard I'm... category to get guess, really, wasn't it? I mean, because it kept shifting all the time. I mean, at the beginning, we would have said as soon as Spencer came out, it was like, "Oh, Kristen Stewart for sure." That's such a yeah. such a such a surefire Oscar win, classic win there. And then there was the backfire of that. And then recently, the it's been between Cruz and Chastain, and that just came out of nowhere. So you can never, you know, what your thoughts were six months ago. You got to keep up with it. You got to like, you got to keep up with the news because there is there is shifting opinions always. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and. And, and and you're the only one out of the two of us who have seen the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, I saw that it did actually drop on Disney Plus the other day, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely yeah, be checking right. it out soon for for Jessica Chastain's performance. But I know you liked her. I think you said it was a pretty mediocre film, but you liked her in it. It, it was a, it was a film of many. It came from many different places, and some of those some of those elements just didn't work. But she was, without a doubt, the strongest part of that movie for sure. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Chastain. You know, she deserves an award. Maybe not for this movie, but I'm happy she still got it. Uh, you were kind of busy over the weekend, but um, should we? I know I spent a lot of time last week talking about Star Trek, and subsequently probably making all five of our listeners turn the podcast off. So yeah. I'll make I'll make this short short and sweet, shall I? Um, I yeah, I, I caught up of Star Trek five and six last week just to wrap up the original crew movies, and it's just been a great journey. I mean, with its fair share of ups and downs for sure. Um, the first one I caught up with Star Trek five, the final frontier. Promising title, right? It sucks that that goes to this one because it's probably the worst Star Trek movie. Um, I won't go too into it, but Leonard Nimoy obviously directed the last two movies, and everybody knows how ego driven that William Shatner is. It's just, it's just what he is known for. He immediately, after Nimoy directed the first movie, was like, "Well, if Nimoy gets to direct a movie, then so should I." So okay. Th- yeah, Paramount Pictures finally cave in and let him co-write and direct this one. And it goes pretty much exactly how you expect it. Um, not to say that it's unwatchable, it's just pretty lame. Is it? Is it something like the all the even numbers of, of uh, Star Trek films are, are good and all the odd ones are bad? Is that is, is That, that seems true? to be the... Yeah, that seems to be my favourite are 246. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's it's got like a weird religious messiah angle where the crew comes into contact with Spock's long lost forgotten half brother who hijacks the Enterprise to travel to the center of the universe to meet God, which really isn't very Star Trekky anyway. Classic. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's classic plot. We get, we do actually get to meet a god with a, with a big big white beard and uh, oh, yeah, wow. it's yeah. Do you know, it's... I I I I've been like last week. You made me want to watch the Star Trek films. Like I said, I am I'm not watching the TV show anytime <laughs> soon. But I I've been looking. I was seeing like, oh, how much how much is it going on uh, on YouTube? Two two pound forty nine a rent. Oh, I might. I might... I might give these a go. I might give these a go. So I'm 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 well into uh, I'm well into to catching up with them. Uh, mainly just for that. Uh, is it the fourth one where they go to find some humpback whales? I'm oh, just yeah. It's it's worth you sold me on that. <laughs> and I'm and, you know I'm not under under promising. It, it's exactly what you what you're expecting and more. Um, yeah, it's great. And then we jump we jump to Star Trek Six, which is the last one of the original crew, the Undiscovered Country. Um, real that was a real return to form for me worst title worst title but better movie nicholas mayer returns he made the wrath of khan so he comes back and really kind of steers us back in the right direction here and um, it's just a great send-off for the crew and christopher Plummer plays a shakespeare spewing klingon and it's just a really well plotted and dynamic star trek movie yeah anyway enough of that i've got it out of my system uh. um Please, Alex, get into Star Trek movies soon. I I think you'll have a good uh, good crack of them. Nice, nice. Yeah, as 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 you were saying, Chris, I I did have a bit of a busy weekend. I I went back to see the parents. Um, down oh, what a, what a drag! Yeah, yeah, absolute drag, absolute drag. Uh, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, they they probably they probably are listening. So no, I loved it. Uh, it, it was a great time, but we um, we didn't end up watching any films together this time. Uh, I did I did introduce them to to Ted Lasso though. Uh, you know, got my got my six months free subscription on Apple TV, so I'm making the most of it. But I oh. knew they I knew they'd love that show. And do you know what? I think we just needed something like light and funny to watch. Yeah. Um. So Ted Lasso really kind of hit those things that we needed um it's a great show really really good but before before that weekend uh on on the friday uh i was able to watch a film and i was scrolling movie i needed something relatively short and uh this was i think it was about 80 minutes um and on on their kind of description it said uh you know this film sparked the toronto new wave of indie films and I thought, hey, I'm I'm going to Toronto later this year. Let's watch this <laughs> film. Uh, that is really that is all that sold me on it. I was just like, all right, we, we, and and I kind of like doing films like that sometimes where you don't have a clue what you're about to get into. Um, but if it's on movie, then there's usually some some kind of uh, something good about it. You know, it's you know curated to, for you to enjoy it. But uh, oh yeah, movies. Great. What, what what movie was this? Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, it's called I've Heard the Mermaid Singing, and it's a 1987 Canadian comedy drama film. So, um, so you said you're you're watching this in preparation for going over to Toronto, get yourself in, in, engrossed into into the atmosphere there. I, I I understand that. I'm a bit like that too. But yeah, it's from 1987, so you know with the Toronto that it's in is is probably, um, you know. A different Toronto to the Toronto I'm going to, but I, I really enjoyed it. It felt very ahead of its time. Um, so basically, it's about a, a kind of uh, secretary called Polly, and she kind of narrates the films on this kind of like VHS camera. She's a bit of an artist herself. Um, uh, you know, I I guess you could say she's like 
you know, in that kind of arty headspace where she's like sees the world in a different way, and and she's you know she's a bit whimsical and and stuff like that. And then there's these beautiful sequences of like black and white photography, like scattered throughout the film of her kind of, you know, seeing Toronto in this is in this kind of way and, and following people with her camera and stuff. And that, that's really interesting. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, she she's a secretary for an art curator that she's like kind of falling in love with. And there's a bit of a like a melodramatic kind of third act to it where oh, I see, you know, uh, you know, the the curator's lover is really doing the art that the the curator oh, has said okay. was hers. And like, it's a, it gets a little, like I was quite um, shocked by the melodramatic nature of the final act, but I kind of really liked it at the same time because it, it presents itself as this like very early mumblecore indie um, film that, that, you know, that, that, that feels quite, it feels very much like the kind of indie films that you would get in the late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, you know about artists doing art in a big city. It's usually New York these days, but here it's Toronto. So you think um, this has like a real pioneering sort of vibe to it? Like it feels like it's kind of doing a first. Yeah, it definitely feels like it. I mean, um, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, like know. if you say it has the vibe of an early nineties movie, then it's kind of catching on very quickly. Definitely, definitely. Like, you know, this was this was before Linklater, I think. Like, I don't think Slacker came out till ninety one, maybe, or something mm. like this. That that kind of hit that that kind of American indie scene that that kind of feels the same, where it's like people just going around, like a day in the life, sort of more of meandering, sort of a uh, yeah, like yeah. A like, there's not it's not until the end where there's any kind of. Conflict. major plot that you know it's not very story driven it is very character driven and obviously it's got the, the the um gay element to it as well yes um and and it's 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 really good it's really good and uh, directed by uh Pat- patricia romeza romeza patricia romeza um and it went on to win awards at Cannes and everything. So you know, it's, wow. Okay, it, it, I was I was pleasantly surprised by just chucking on this seemingly random film, but uh, but clearly, um, I've got I've clearly... got to check it out because I've seen the, I've seen the poster. Like it's got a really striking poster, and I've seen it. Um, a lot of people put it on their lists on Letterboxd and online. So I know it's quite an influential movie. So I will take the time to catch up on that definitely. Yeah, it's not long. It's not long, and uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. So, something different. I, I really love finding films this way, and 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 just kind of a film that yeah. you never knew existed five minutes ago. And then... it's just taking a punt sometimes, and like going, you know, I'm just gonna put that on, and I'm just gonna watch it. I'm not gonna read up about it or anything, and just let the movie speak for itself. And sometimes that can be a really nice and like surprise and quite uh, reaffirming. Sometimes in your like how much you love movie, it's like oh, this is why I like movies. How I can catch you off guard. Yeah, definitely. A movie's really good at that, at bringing you films that, that you wouldn't have thought about watching or maybe even heard of them most of the time. So really good for that. So yeah, if I was going to watch one film in this past week, that that's the one I did. And and I, I'm, I'm happy I did. It was, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. So off of your recommendation, um, the other week, Alex, I managed to catch up with the Rescue documentary about the Thai uh, football. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, about the Thai football team of young boys who were trapped in the cave for sixteen days. I'd like to say, um, yeah, you didn't you didn't lie to me though that it was it was intense viewing. 
I still can't fathom how they managed to rescue these people, considering how stacked the odds were against them. Yeah. I, I, it's it's actually like I when explained it to me, and it's like right, we went for this thing, we meet we we made them unconscious we carried them through like two to three hours worth of tunnel systems i was like how did you actually do how did nobody die here it's absolutely still boggles the mind it feels like it's something that didn't even happen it's such a such an act of heroism that i can't get over um yeah incredibly moving documentary it's not too fancy with the filmmaking but just lets the events speak for themselves and carry you through the journey of probably you know humanity at, at its finest Definitely, definitely. And it's weird. Did you find as well that you kind of start to doubt whether you remembered the situation right, like that everybody survived? It's really good at building the tension for a film, for a story that, that you you know the outcome. Yeah, well, I think the movie unintentionally shines a light on how simplistic um, media representation of events can be. You yeah. know, when you're seeing this, you're... You're you're seeing all the cave stuff, and yes, that is artifice. It is a like you said last week. It's a it's a constructed set where they film these sets, but it really blurs the lines between what is fiction and nonfiction, and that's really risky. But here, it's presented in such I would say a grounded and visceral way that it only aided the story and gave us as an audience a full picture of the scale of what these brave men had to endure. I think it's a really inspiring piece of work, and I I, I loved I I loved. Hi, um, hi. After a time where we've been so contentious, a lot of things going on with the pandemic and everything, it's it's really nice to see. You know, human human beings can be selfless, um, with and not agenda, um, driven and really go out their way to help people. I thought it was really sweet. What else have you been catching up on, Chris? Um, I caught up with the well. My girlfriend bought me Lauren bought me the Evil Dead box set last year oh, yeah. yeah 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 a little series like everybody you know even in school everybody like in my class like all the um the movie nerd kids in my class will be like oh the evil dead is like the best movie ever made and everything and i was like i'll get around it one day and uh yeah i watched the original evil dead movie from 1981 that movie rules considering the limitations of the time really set itself apart um from other quote-unquote Cabot in the Woods movies with the vigor and talent behind the filmmaking. It really became one of the first video nasties of the VHS era. Have you heard that term before? It's like like movies yeah. that were really like considered too, too kind of um, OTT for the general public and like only weirdos would watch them. Yeah. But like, you know, it, 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 nowadays it's, it's regarded as... Um, it's unsettling but due to the low budget aspects of the movie and the makeup it's really really good i i I tried to watch the original movie of lauren actually quite recently and it's the only movie in years that she couldn't handle really oh wow okay see i haven't seen evil dead either Mm -hmm. uh like again it's one of those things that a lot of people have spoken about and it's been on my list um i'm a big raimi fan because of the spider-man films and i actually had it on my kind of list this year to kind of tick them off before Sam Raimi comes back to do, you know, uh, another superhero film in the, you know, Doctor Strange in the genre that he defined uh, in in the early two thousands with Spider Man. Um, so yeah, I think strange I'll be, career, I'll, isn't it? Very strange, uh, very Doctor Strange. Oh, sorry, T- terrible, bad, terrible, bad joke. Bad joke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that in just to embarrass you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> you know that's 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 punishment worthy of that bad joke. Um, <laughs> well, like, well, last week I um so obviously so I said I watched the Evil Dead last year. I managed to catch up with the sequel, Evil Dead Two, last weekend, and it was so much fun that took the series into a new direction for me. It was really creative, drenched in blood, and had a way more ton in cheek energy. You know. Yeah. Have you have you ever caught? Like you, you said you're you're planning on catching up with the Evil Dead series. Like you, you'd love it, man. It's so, it's so unrelenting in how it constantly surprises you. And Ash, the main character, who is infamously played by Bruce Campbell, is yeah. right up your street. I think you you'd really dig him. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm aware of the films, and kind of you know somewhat how they play out. Um, but yeah, that. I expect more Evil Dead talk in uh, in 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 the episodes yeah. in the future because because I think we're both going to be catching up with that. I think it's something like next time we meet up or something that might, might be a fun watch for us too. That could be good. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and then yeah, there w- there was one more thing I ca- caught up with. Obviously, I've been I've been um, I promised myself I've started my adventure of going through the Universal Monster movies and. Uh, this time I ticked off 1933's The Invisible Man, starring horror movie icon Claude Rains. Uh, really not what I expected. Well, I imagine this might have been more scary back in the day because the special effects are actually really, really impressive. And I imagine that in the 30s, no one really had seen these type of movie, these, this type of effects on screen before. Um, yeah, I thought the film would follow suit with more of a film like Frankenstein and, and show us the man... Ex, you know, doing the experiments in the lab and ultimately turning himself into the Visible Man and causing havoc, but it's not that actually. It's not that kind of movie. Actually, it's really okay. clever. Yeah, it's really clever. It's it's got this opening where he is already the Invisible Man. This is like after he's already been transformed by his experiment. His head is all wrapped up in bandages. He wears trilby and gloves, and it's really quite striking figure. I mean, it's quite an iconic presence on screen. Yeah. Anyway. He stumbles into a local tavern, demands to have lodgings with the promise that he cannot be disturbed by anyone. He sets up then a laboratory in his room and then tries to find the antidote to change him back. But due to curiosity and rumours from everybody else in town, that plan soon goes down the piper and he goes on a mischievous and murderous rampage. It's really fun. Nice, nice. Doesn't sound anything like the uh, the recent one. Uh, I wondered whether there would be. Is it? Is there any kind of? Have they taken some of the kind of elements that made it good uh, for the new one, or is it really just a a, a a much more modern reimagining of that monster? Yeah, no similarities here. It's 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 a much different tone. I mean, I guess you could point similarity in the fact that he likes to. F- mess about with people um yeah it's actually quite surprising how original how light the original movie is it's got a comedic tone to it but yeah it's great yeah it's 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 um it's definitely worth catching up on and it's like it's really good when you catch up on a movie like that because it's like a big movie that you need to tick off your list right it's like those those old movies it's like next i'm probably gonna go on to the mummy and probably dracula and just get those off the list it's like big movies that i need to i need to see oh well but Move over, Dracula. There's a new vampire in town. How excited are you for Morbius? I've already, right, by this point in time, we've already seen the early reviews. They are 
terrible, to say the least. But I'm not surprised. I've seen the trailer like three times when I went when I, on recent cinema trips. Yeah. It looks like a movie that came out 20 years ago. I don't know what to say. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I know I've just kind of like very cheekily chucked that in <laughs> so we could just make fun of the fact that, that Morbius is even a film that exists. It's crazy. Uh, and yeah, it looks, it sounds as if it's as bad as it looks. I, I, as a Spider-Man fan, like I am probably the audience that they should be going for because <laughs> Morbius is a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm going to watch that film. I don't even know why they're making a Morbius film. So who who's the audience? If it's not me, then who is it? It's interesting because it really feels like it's trying to follow suit with the Venom movies. It has that sort of tone, that visual aesthetic to it. Those movies were also really critically panned. Uh, it'll be really interesting, but audiences really took on board the Venom movies and really loved them for some yeah. reason. For some, I I haven't, I still haven't seen the Venom movies. I don't really, not really up to date. I have, this course. I have, yeah. I have. Uh, I hate, I hate them both. I think that I think they're awful. I but think... people love them. What's what's what is it that people love? Is it is it the star power of Tom Hardy? I think, I, I think it is. I think there's a there's a campy nature to his performance. Um, and then obviously you've got this kind of double act with Venom talking back to him and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but is there, is there really... the potential this is there the potential that this can happen with Morbius as well, even though it's a critical failure? Audiences can carry it through. No, I don't know. Like I, with Venom, he's kind of even though again he's a Spider-Man villain, he does have a, a fan base out, out, outside of that, and obviously the the imagery of Venom is quite iconic. Yeah, um, you know. For you know, even if you haven't read a comic, you know who Venom is. I think these days, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Jared Leto doesn't have the kind of charisma, fan, charisma fan base that Tom Hardy has. There's, as far as I'm aware, because obviously I haven't seen the film, but there's not some kind of duality to his character in terms of somebody speaking to him. Um, no, like, he's just kind of he's kind of he's doing sad, a, sad boy routine a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who this film was made for. Um, I'm I'm not going to be going out to see it, so I guess we won't be reviewing it anytime soon. But yeah, it is oh quite fun. It, sometimes <laughs> there's you don't want to laugh at a film failing, but Sony need to get their act together when it comes to these Spider-Man films or these Spider-Man spin-off films, and uh, just because there's the that... intention very soon that they're going to be interconnecting, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going to go on there? It. I just. I, I've. I've got no. Uh, like, there's no pull. There's no draw for me to go see these films. Um, I don't know. Maybe check back in in five years' time, and we'll, we'll see how it goes when they've got Craven the Hunter and all these other kind of things. Was Morbius? Sorry, I'm not. I, I obviously I haven't seen the Venom movies, but was Morbius teased before this movie was announced? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like you said, who's going to watch... Hey, guys, everybody, Morbius here. Like, he's excited to see Morbius. It's like, it's it's, it's an interesting... I, I'd be very interested to see how he does in the box office because it, it's not a recipe for a success. No, the, the the biggest Morbius kind of thing outside of the comic books was in the, it was in the 90s Spider-Man show where they had a good kind of good run with the character. But uh, because of kind of... The, the the laws on what you could and couldn't show um 
Is this uh, the animated show? Yeah, the animated Spider-Man show, which it, which is honestly, I think, is one of the best iterations of Spider-Man. Like, honestly, it's so good. But they couldn't show like a vampire like sucking somebody's blood or anything yes. like that. It's a good show. Uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. So he sucks their plasma through his hands. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Just go watch a clip or something. There's some very funny clips where he's like, "Plasma, plasma, I need plasma." <laughs> that's like one of those shows that's been on the shelf for me for like so long it's like it's one of those ones like i watched a couple episodes as a kid really dug it but never really followed through because i'm one of those like obsessive people i need to watch something in order or else i'm not doing it at all so it's something i'm going to catch up one day because i heard it's really good and it it is good it is good i actually um i remember um so i was living in in germany at the time when uh when I guess the animated show was showing on one of the channels, um, okay. because of the time difference, it practically started as I was in school. So I got my mum to videotape it every day. So she, so I'd come back and I'd have a videotaped episode of the of the '90s Spider-Man show in German. No, no, no. We were we got like a few English channels. I can't remember if if this was a time when we got like one English channel and they showed some cartoons or or. It, it like technology kind of bounced around. Um, yeah, yeah. After a while, we got a few English channels and stuff like that. But yeah, videotape the Spider-Man show, and uh, yeah, that's I, I just very, um, very much remember them kind of teasing a <laughs> a eight-legged Spider-Man, like he's turning into a spider, and they were teasing this, like this is going to happen in a future episode, and and uh, Peter Parker was obviously having these visions and wanted to stop it, and I was fully gripped from there, and that's that's probably how my love of spider-man started if, if you guys haven't caught on yet alex is a super fan of spider-man if you haven't caught on yet so actually quite interesting that where we went on the sam raimi ta- tangent because obviously he did the toby Maguire spider-man trilogy back in the uh, early to mid 2000s so that would be probably something we'd probably like to catch up on one day i mean we're i think we're both big fans of that uh, trilogy I love them. I love. I love them all. I even love Spider Man Three. I think Spider Man Three has a lot of redeeming qualities, um, and I think I need. I need to catch up on that because that's the one that Remy even like kind of dedicates to saying that that's the one that he kind of didn't enjoy making. Yes, he, he, he was. He was forced to put Venom in it, and uh, he didn't yeah. want to put Venom in it, which is understandable. He's not the most interesting of characters. Um, but here we are. Sony now have two Venom films and a Morbius film spinning <laughs> off from it. So yeah. people people like it. I think it's just pure the pure aesthetic. It's the junk food nature of the character, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I'll go on the record for saying Spider Man Two was and is still my favorite superhero movie of all time. So yeah. you know, I I've got a lot to thank Sam Raimi for because you know I'm quite a skeptic when it comes to this genre. I'm not as into it as you. We we have frequent com- conversations about superhero movies and they work for me sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Um, yeah, Spider Man's one of those guys, one of those superheroes that just absolutely has the package for me in terms of a fully fleshed character with problems and dilemmas. And I really latch onto the journey. It it it's great. We'll uh, yeah, we'll 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 catch up with some some spider-man films in the future i'm sure <laughs> um i won't be able to get away from it <laughs> first time first time i ever went to alex's house in his bathroom there's like a giant um, spider-man statue sitting in your in your in your bathroom <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's he's holding bubble bath man like you know it's a spider-man bubble bath how old is that it's thing 
I don't know. I think the bubble bath's gone. I just use it as a statuette. It's the Toby Maguire suit, so I kind of liked it. So yeah. it's like it's approaching probably like fifteen years old at least. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> isn't it crazy? Like I remember when I first went to the cinema to see Spider Man Two. That was two. What was it? Two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand four. Like, uh, where is the, yeah, two thousand twenty years ago. Yeah, it's uh, weird, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Um, I, I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but he's like not my Spider-Man. But I think mm. one of the reasons for that is like there's never been a Spider-Man that's been younger than me when I've watched the films. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, Tom Holland's younger than me, and it, it, it you know, deep in my you heart, it, it didn't feel right. You know. <laughs> but I, I think he does a great job. I do think he does a great job. Um. They've made some decisions that don't always sit well with a little nerd boy like me, um, <laughs> but for the most for the most part, I've I've enjoyed his 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 time as Spider Man. Okay, so we want to we wanted to start like a like a a challenge kind of segment. Um, we've spoken about doing this before, where we almost challenge each other to watch a film, um, and that requires a little bit of prep work. So yeah. what we've decided on is. When you go on to streaming services such as Amazon Prime, they have a treasure trove of bad movies. You can just deep dive into these bad films. Yeah. Um, maybe not always necessarily bad, but just like weird, bonkers B movie premises. Um, they just kind of get like lost on these streaming services. I don't know who watches them, if anybody does. So we we're thinking of maybe calling this segment the films that streaming forgot. And the challenge is the challenge is we've had to find the most bonkers, weird B movie bad film that we could find in the depths of uh, a service like Amazon Prime. And oh, kind of and challenge, that, and it's an abyss as well. Oh yeah, it really is. I kind of love Amazon Prime for that though. Um, it's it's such a weird. The interface is so bad that it really puts yeah. you off going on there. You you would never find these movies unless you did it via the... You've watched a movie, and then there's this shelf underneath the synopsis that says related to what you've watched. And then if you go for those and sift for those, there is absolutely, like you say, a treasure. To, there's, there's thousands of these things. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it makes you wonder if everybody and their mother has made a film and put it on Amazon. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Like, pretty, honestly, ridiculous. So we've we've basically we've both gone away. We've both found a film for each other to watch. Neither of us neither of us have seen these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it's almost going to be like a bit of homework. Next episode, we're going to come back and report to each other what we watched. <laughs> and what what the hell was that? Is probably going to be the result. We don't know. We'll find out next week. But that does mean that we have to kind of. Uh, reveal to each other now what the films are going to be because Chris, you don't know what I've chosen for you, and I don't know what you've chosen for me. Um, um, and you should be scared, boy. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of been messaging about like the rules of this and stuff like that, and I, I was saying like we it should definitely be under two hours. That's the uh, thing like, we haven't really figured out the rules yet, right? Like, we were I was thinking like, what do I I I, I pick frogs? Do I, do I go the conventional like? You know, like we could do a Sharknado movie or something like that. I was like really struggling. I was like, I want to you know, find the weirdest thing I could possibly find for you. Um, I've been very cruel. I've been very cruel. So hopefully, you know, just just you'll you'll. I think you'll enjoy it for See, what it I, is. I I think. I I mean, I'm not saying I would watch the film that I'm going to give you, 
But it sounds like there's there's some fun to it. Okay. Um, well, should, should I go for it? Should I go yeah, for it? Yeah, right. Tell me what the tell me what it is. Put me in my misery. Well, I just want to I want to start by saying on IMDb, it's a three point nine. That's promising. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so far so good. Solid so, two hundred top two hundred fifty worst of all time list. Yep. I'll take so that. So far so good. On Letterbox, it's got an average rating of one point nine. Oh my god. <laughs> no, the scary thing about that is right. You've put it. It's such a low rating that it promises that it won't. At least it will be just like bad and boring. Like if the best bad movies are like a three, where it's like they're bad, but I had fun. Sounds like nobody here had fun. <laughs> I don't. E- I don't even think it has a Rotten Tomatoes score. So this film is called Derailed. It's from 2018, directed by Dale Fabrega. Uh American so, film masterpiece maker, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and this is the kind of, you know, little log line for it. Uh, passengers on a murder mystery train that crashes into a river must decide whether to risk waiting for help in the wreckage or take their chances in the murky depths below. Now, I picked this because... I did watch the trailer. It does look bonkers. But Murder Mystery Train that has a robbery (laughs) on it crashes, but derails, hence the title, into the river. But on the poster, there's like some kind of alien in the water. So it sounds like... special about this body of water. Sounds like there's like three different films in one here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it looks bonkers. Uh, Feel free to look up the poster, Chris. Right, if gonna, you want to see ta- D type us up now. D dash railed. Derailed. I can't find it. What year was it? What year did it come out? 2018. Oh right, D. Re- yes, got it here. Was oh it okay. Ca- yeah, we've ca- got, we've got a, we've got a submerged um, train train cart with people screaming to get out the windows and some lurking, undiscernible creature from the black lagoon sort of thing going on underneath. Yep. Is he yep. rescuing them, or is he... Hmm. Could, he could be the hero. <laughs> it, it looks bonkers. It looks bonkers. <laughs> so, Chris, I, I think for the for the purposes of uh, of this segment, as we as we as we get ready for this, do you want to watch the trailer and then report back to me on what you <laughs> on, 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 on if you're excited or not for this film? Okay. What well, Nolly? I don't know. Maybe. No, no, no. Oh right, okay. That's that's just flick us thing on. Bear with me. I've got a judge. I've got a judge. Judy Justice uh, advert coming on. Right here we are. I'm, I'm gonna watch it with you. Here we are. Derailed. We are now boarding the Murder Mystery Express. Welcome aboard, please. I welcome you to the M train. Mystery that must be solved. For by the conclusion of this evening, someone will die. How long are we going to run from this thing? As long as we can. There's got to be some way to stop it. What if this is just the way it ends? Actually, not too mad at you for this one. I, I I think it's pretty good. It looks good. I'm I'm looking forward to this. That's what I thought. It looks bad, but it looks fun. I I I I'm 
it's a very weird. Never heard of it before. It's a lean itty minutes. Yeah. So it in, enjoy. I I hope I hope uh, I hope you come back with some good feedback. I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing what you think about the film. Um, I feel like the biggest like I feel like the worst person in the world right now. Yeah. Like you're giving me bad vibes because oh, I'm giving you bad vibes, and they're justified. Right? Okay, your your movie, pretty recent, 2019's masterpiece, Atlantis Untold. Okay. Um, it has two user reviews on IMDb. Oh god. <laughs> and the plot is, I will read it out to you now. Brother and sister Jack and Sky Noble travel on a ship with their father across the Atlantic from Australia to their deceased mother's home in Cornwall. Oh. Yeah, we know that place. We know Cornwall. We know Cornwall. Shipwrecked alone on a remote island, they are sucked deep into a dangerous world where mystical guides of light prepare them to face the evil, the dream crusher. He opposes (laughs) their journey. Their struggle brings them to the legendary city of Atlantis. Oh. I've just seen the poster. <laughs> oh, it's it can't even be it looks more like um the poster for anybody he's listening looks more like a brochure for your local aquarium. Or like you know, like your local amateur theatre <laughs> is putting on a production. <laughs> just, just, oh yeah. No. What have you what have you got me watching? Is there even a trailer for it? Is there even a trailer for it? It's there, all Prime. There, there is a trailer. Prime. Look, Amazon it. thought it was good enough that they wanted to reach out to Atlantis Untold and bring it into their streaming service so that everybody could enjoy it. Oh my god. There is a trailer. Should I watch it? Is there a trailer? Yeah. Alex, it was this or my pet dinosaur. I mean, come on. I'm going to watch it now, okay? You ready? Okay, alright. I'll, I'll watch it with you. It's got an award of recognition. It was recognized as existing. <laughs> exactly. Discover a world you never knew existed and paths never traveled. You Make the most dangerous journey of all the journey of following your dreams. Know that you are guided by forces unseen. A film that looks like it was entirely shot in front of a green screen. I don't think there's any sets here. <laughs> a bit like Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chris, what have you got me watching, man? What have you got me watching? I'm so sorry. That's harsh. How long is it? Um, It is, according to IMDb, I could be wrong. I mean, on let me see. On Amazon, oh. it says it's an hour. It's one hour and forty-eight minutes. Oh. Okay. The genres is drama, kids, action. Oh, yours actually looks fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so. You know what? I actually feel so bad, and it's so terrible that I spent about three to four hours to to bring you this. That's fine. That's fine. I guess. so. Uh... Please, are you going to watch it with them? Is it going to be a yeah. day night? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Okay, well, um, our weekends are sorted anyway. All right, so next episode. There we go. 
I'll be watching Atlantis Untold, directed by Nigel Gallagher and Margie Gallagher. Nice, probably husband and wife duo or brother sister. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> probably best not to speculate. Um, and you'll be watching Derailed. Derailed by Deal Fabregar. Yes. Um, I think one of us is going to be having more fun than the other. Uh, but I'm lo- I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to coming back and uh, talking about them with you. Oh yeah, I'm probably gonna get a death threat on the next episode, guys. Just to pre-warn you. <laughs> Trying to think now how I how I put this film into my schedule. I thought potentially this would be a fun Friday night film. Got a feeling this might be like a, a, a Sunday <laughs> a Sunday morning get it over and done with film. <laughs> It's going to be, do you know what? It's going to be you for five minutes. You watch it for five minutes, and I bet you you'll just lie right for it and, what, and just be on your phone until the credits roll. Oh, God. All right. Well, do you know what? Maybe I'm judging a book by its cover. It could be great. It could be great. You know, it's got two reviews on, on IMDb. Are they good reviews? And, um, um, no. Oh, what's, I- it, what's it got on Letterboxd, actually? It's on Letterboxd. Uh, Letterboxd, it's got a... It doesn't even have an average rating. Ah. Uh, too good, too good. <laughs> it's had four half-star ratings. <laughs> <laughs> and and three four-star ratings. So ah, it, a, it has its fans. <laughs> that's an audience divided. <laughs> that is a d- divisive movie. It's, it's an audience divided for sure, so... All right, anyway. I'm starting to regret even uh, trying to plan this as a segment. Uh, I should never have pitched this idea. Um... <laughs> I promise in future episodes, if we go, if we dare to do this again, if it works, I'll be kinder to you. I promise. That's fine. I I I think it could be fun. So join us next time when we uh, when we watch these films and we report back to each other um, in a segment we're provisionally calling. The films that streaming forgot. Um, I think that's what we're going to land on, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, maybe there's a reason, uh, but we'll find out. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. <laughs> um, but great catching up with you, Chris. Uh, yeah, man. I'm not sure if I'm excited for next time, but I'll see you then. Uh, that's the film angle. I'm Alex, and I'm Chris. Goodbye. <laughs>